Damn, it's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Woo, baby! This week's starring special guest star, Miss Robin Frederick. Yeah! And her book, Shortcuts to Songwriting for Film and TV with free tabs! <laughs> and no, I'm not on drugs. I just wiped out from Road Rally Prep. Hi, Robin. Hi, 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 hi everybody. It's so nice to be here. Uh, this is your first time uh, on YouTube. Yeah, well, we were always <laughs> well, on Ustream before. It's totally different now. Completely different. <laughs> the total feel is all different. People are hidden. Their comments are hidden behind the screen. I can't see there them. They're there. Yes, and the studio audience is one person on the other side, which is Bria. Hello, Bria. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, they've got us because it says, hello, Robin and Michael. Hi, guys. How are you guys? Um I'm really excited to have Robin here because this is a little bit of a warm-up for the Road Rally. Every year at the Road Rally, her the ballroom when Robin gets on that stage is packed. It's one of the three times during the course of the weekend that it's SRO in the ballroom, and rightfully so. Um, this year, Robin is doing a thing on Universal Lyrics, and Universal Lyrics, I believe, are the most misunderstood... Mm -hmm aspect of film and TV music. Yeah. And I'm gonna Yeah, I agree. That's why I decided to do it. Yeah. I'm gonna go to your book and quote you. It's also the thing that people tell me is the hardest for them. Yeah. When I ask people what's the hardest part of writing songs, especially for film and television, you know, it, it's it's lyrics. They think it's dumbing it down, but I, mm -hmm. I, I wanna say yeah. that the, the first of these two definitions is partially what universal lyrics are about. Uh, and that is and this is quoting from the book, which is the Bible. Um, a, a universal lyric is a large is a lyric that a large number of people can identify with or relate to. Well, everybody thinks their songs are relatable to everybody. We'll so, talk about that too. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and we'll talk about it at the road rally a lot more. And, and yeah, the thing that, that I think is is the biggest misconception, or the thing that's hard for them to do, is a lyric that will not conflict with the specific content of a scene. And you guys know I've been saying for eons, uh, at least as long as the show's been on the air, that you can't write a song about uh, I Met Susie under the arch in St. Louis on mm -hmm. Christmas Eve. Because mm -hmm. even if a show's got a girl named Susie and you see You luck out, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to use it because it's too on the nose anyway. Right, that's so right. you yeah, got to read that stuff out. Either so either do you want to elaborate at all about universal lyrics? Uh, yeah, well, the, the question then becomes what do you write about? I mean, that's the all constant question is if you don't dumb it down to the point where you just say, I love you, I love you, what, and you can't say, uh, I'm, I'm getting married tomorrow, or we met last Tuesday at the bus station. Right. Um, <laughs> if you can't say those things, what do you write about? Now so, you know what Robin does on weekends. She hangs out at the bus station. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I meet all kinds of interesting people. Um, then, then what do you write about? And of course, what you write about is emotion. And then the question is, how do you write about emotion? So, um, yeah. I feel. Yeah, I feel. I love you, I love you, I love you. Did, yeah. did you guys feel the love in the room then? Did you feel it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. And so I see a lot of universal lyrics that are filled with cliches and they're filled with sort of generalities because you don't want to be specific because that'll, compl that'll conflict with the script. And, and that's not it at all. That's not it at all. How do you avoid cliches? That's got to be the single hardest task for all songwriters in, in, in a 
cliche oh. becomes a cliche because it's been done a thousand times before. Yeah, and it's true because that's why it got repeated so much is because right. it is true. Right. So in fact, I'm going to be playing two songs at the rally um, with scenes that are based on cliches. And the first one is called My Silver Lining by First Aid Kit. Okay. And that's a cliche, that. you know, I, uh, every cloud has a silver lining, that thing. And it's this wonderful song, and it was used in a, a great show called um, The Nobodies, which is a show that I had never seen before. It's a really interesting show. And, um, and then the other one I'm going to play is um, My Friends Think I Dodged a Bullet, But I Think I Shot the Gun. <laughs> it's called Dodged a Bullet. It's by Greg Laswell. And it's a scene from The Blacklist, one of our favorite TV series. We love that show. Shows. And um, they use great songs. They have great song uses in that show, The Blacklist. So I'm going to be playing that. And that's another wonderful one. Greg Laswell is one of my favorite singer-songwriters. And, and there it is, I Dodged a Bullet, is the name of the song. I Dodged a Bullet. But when you get to the song, of course, it's, my friends think I dodged the bullet, but I know, I think I shot the gun. And I mean, that really makes you stop and think about it and go, oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, I know what that means. So if you take a cliche and you start turning it inside out, and, and you know, if you took a cliche like a little ball of clay or something, and you put it and you imagine that you have it in your hands, and you start massaging it, changing the shape of it, and looking at it from different angles, and trying, figuring out what you could do with it, spend some time with cliches because it's a great way to start a song, but it is not a great way to finish a song. Okay? Why? <laughs> because you don't, that, want to, you don't want to finish deep. with the cliche that's just as it is. Cause that's, yeah, because everybody's heard that before. It's not fresh. Nobody hears it anymore. It has no emotional impact. It's <laughs> a at great all. date with a bad kiss at the end of the night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's a cliche that I heard in Nashville once. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, you, you've got to make it fresh so that the listener hears it as if for the first time. And that the truth of it either becomes a new truth they hadn't thought of because you've changed it, or they hear that cliche as in a way they've never heard it before. The truth of the cliche that's at the bottom of the cliche, which is every cloud has a silver lining, there's truth to that. It, it, you know, there, there are times when things get so bad that all you can say is, I think some good will come of this. Mm -hmm. That's a brilliant song concept. There's a, a lot of that lately. Yeah, there that you go. That's a great core idea for a yeah. song. So, you know, don't turn your back on cliches, but don't accept them at face value. Down so there low, there's nowhere to go but up. There you go. Yes. Well, speaking of places to go, for those of you who are watching this <laughs> later, go here. Hit that little red button down in the corner and subscribe to our wonderful channel, which is becoming more and more popular every oh, week. Good. And don't forget to like us because we're from Los Angeles. We need all the love we can get. <laughs> Now that we've got that out of the way, um, okay, so what we're going to do today is play, we're going to try and get to a half a dozen songs. I've got to stop the show at 525 sharp and get my butt out of here at 530 sharp because my wife and I are on our way to a lecture or something that I've been forewarned. I can't be late. But so, you can't remember what it is. Yeah, well, the so. boss has spoken and I'm <laughs> going you're, with you're it. You're going. He just knows he's going. Okay. That's right. So let's do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, oh, we're not... You know, I don't know. We normally don't give the names, but we're not critiquing. We're uh, well, we're critiquing, but we're not judging with a plus one. You guys aren't voting. Yeah, and we're, you're going to help me. These songs are going to help me show you what you could be doing to strengthen your own songs. And I want to thank all six people ahead of time for allowing me to do that on their songs. That's what we're doing. Okay, so I will give the names this week. Um, and where did my list go? Here it is. So the first thing we're going to listen to 
is Center Me, and this is by Carly and Martina. So hit play, if you would, Carly please. Carly Martina Spiro, S-P-I-R-O. Ah. Uh, Daniel Ross and Marty Dodson. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're co-writers on that. Got it. Here comes the Lasco fade. Just like an SSL. Just like an SSL. Thank you. Thank totally you. smooth. Digital even. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. Really, really good. Um, Carly and Martina Spiro and with Daniel Ross and Marty Dodson co-writing. Um, a, a really strong song. And, and I just and I want to say right out front how much I like this. I think that you probably could get a library, a, a film and TV library to pick this up and be pitching it for you. Um, you might be able to get a placement on something like Freeform TV, which used to be ABC Family, um, something like The Fosters, something like that. This could work very well. It's youthful. It's going to skew towards late teens, early 20s, late teens probably. Um, nice pre-teen, nice teen and tween feel here. Um, uh, really nice. 
now, what we talked about when Michael sent out this great email, which I read, and I thought, oh my God, he nailed it. He totally nailed it. We're talking and about. And I the, didn't open up the yeah, book to write the email. We're talking about the emotion quotient, and right. like we were saying earlier, what makes what do you write about if you're not telling a story and you can't do really you know specifics at all? Um, what you write about is emotion. So, and Mike, as Michael pointed out in the email, um, he mentioned six out of the seven things that contribute to emotion, and those are tempo and rhythm, chords, lead vocal melody, lyrics, instrumental arrangement, vocal performance, and mix. Um, vocal performance here is right on target. It hits the age range that the song is aimed yeah. at, so it has the emotional authenticity that the, that the singer should be saying these words. So that's outstanding. Well done. Um, the tempo and the rhythm groove is right, is just fine. It's it's not so fast that it feels like it forces you to get up and dance. On the other hand, it lets you sit there and think a little bit about what she's saying. It's a, it's a song about love, um, uh, and, you know, and an important love. So it's got a good tempo and a good rhythm groove for that. Um, chords are excellent. Lead vocal melody. I really like the way this builds from these longer phrases in the verse and the pre-chorus into the short choppy phrases in mm -hmm. the chorus. It gives a great contrast and you really know when you're in the chorus and the energy just punches in. A lot of times we stretch those phrases out in the chorus. This does the opposite and really a smart choice on that melody. The melody is very, very well crafted. Um, uh, vocal performance, as I said, is right on target. Instrumental arrangement is very good and the mix. My concern here, and it's minor, as I said, I think this could probably get placed. If you wanted to, moving forward, keep in mind just one thing, which is that the, the chorus in these emotion-driven songs needs to be self-explanatory in the sense that it stands on its own and creates the emotion that you want. To say you center me is a little bit abstract. What does that mean? You are the sun, the gravity, you center me. Okay, the first line does it. The first line says, this is what it feels like. It feels like you are the sun, the gravity. You are the something that I need. Okay, something's a little vague. You center me, you center me. You help me find my peace of mind. That describes what centering is. That's good. I am reminded all the time, you are my heart, my sanity. This is a little bit more of stating than making the listener feel what it feels like to be centered. Now, you can get away with it, but the one thing, what I might suggest for this song, when you get to the bridge, you do a breakdown instead of actually doing a vocal bridge. And it's one of those things that I think people miss an opportunity when they do that, and this goes for all of us when we write instrumental bridges. It can be very short, just two lines. But those are the lines where you reveal the emotional heart of the song if you haven't done it already. And one thing that worries me is that the description of centering emotionally, what does that feel like, is, could be stronger. My heart, my sanity is, is, about, is as close as I get. When I forget how to breathe, you center me, you center me. That's, that's the payoff of the chorus, and it's good. I would love to hear in the bridge, love to hear you just take that a little bit further and come right out. Heart finds soul, deep inside my skin, I know that I'm whole. I'm, you know, I'm every, I'm everything I'm meant to be when I'm with you. Just come out and say what it feels like. And in that bridge section, it's only got to be a couple lines. It's a short instrumental bridge. And then you, when you go back to you are the sun, the gravity, you center me, you center me. Could they insert 
I feel like you center me, so it's explained as a feeling, or is that a cheap simple. way out? You could look at that second line of the chorus instead of you are the something that I need. I don't know that you want to re-record anything here, so don't even, you know, but going forward. The second line of the chorus is a throwaway. You are the something that I need is a throwaway because it's, it's, it's conceptually vague. Mm -hmm. And that's where you could, this song can go where it's, to the places that I suggested. It could get signed, it could even get placed. But it's probably not going to get the kind of placement that you might be able to get if you took that second line deeper into telling, getting, evoking the feeling in the listener. What does centering actually feel like in your body? Right. And what are the words you could say with the emotional associations? You've got sun, you've got gravity, that's good. Peace of mind is good, that's centering. I'm reminded all the time, okay, you are my heart, my sanity, that describes centering. All of this stays just a little bit on the abstract side instead of concrete. And when you say, you know, I find my feet on the ground and my and when your arms are around me, I'm, I'm you know, what is it to feel centered physically? What does that feel like? I'm at I'm at peace. And I think you mentioned that you helped me find my peace. What is it physically that makes you feel centered? This song is so good just as it stands that I'm kind of looking for the one thing that I felt could punch up the chorus and give it and just kick it up one one level for the listener because everything else, the verses are working beautifully. You've got fresh rhymes, orbit and forest. I love that. Um, right at the top of the song, first two lines. And uh, you do it later on with issue and wish you. Um, and those things are very noticeable. Those make the audience, they make the listener feel good. Mm -hmm. they, they lift you up and make you go, oh, cute, I like it. And it, it actually adds, even though, I mean, um, Orbit and Forest, very impressive writing. I love it, yeah. And it made you feel, it made the song feel familiar. Somehow, I noticed that the verse lyric made me feel like I'd been there before, like I'd heard oh, it Oh, relatable. Yeah, it felt yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things when we say relatable, what we mean is that the listener feels what the singer feels. And I think that this song does that like 90% of the way there. It really does. So I think you're, you're good, you're home free. And just moving forward, I would try to put a little less, a little more emotional, physical expression of emotion into the chorus and a little less uh, thought expression of emotion into the chorus. That's where the physicality of emotion comes out, is the courses. We're going to see that in other songs coming up where I want to talk about that more. Here, it's a little bit difficult to explain because it's so close. It really is close. This is really well done, folks. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, one down. And thank now, you. Yeah. Speaking of things that feel comfortable, the next one is called Feels Like Home. It's by Jason Lawrence. Let me bring the volume up and... Hit it. Drive, drive myself across this interstate tonight. There's a hurricane blowing in my mind. So I just drive. Beautiful. Tonight I may be better left alone But I 
Jason Lawrence. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Say it beautiful, again. Beautiful, really beautiful. Um, there's so much to like here. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, as we talked about, the tempo and the rhythm groove is very folksy. It's very comfortable. It's easy to listen to, and yet it keeps moving forward. There's plenty of activity in the guitar as this beautiful floating line, melody line, floats over it. Um, chords working great, simple, takes us right back to the, the kind of contemporary singer-songwriter. Which, if I may add something to that. So many people have a, an issue with sounding contemporary. What do I do? What's missing that I don't sound contemporary? And here's something that's so remarkably simple, yet it sounds contemporary. Mm -hmm. So go back and listen to this one later. It's a study in how to be simple yet contemporary. Uh, well, yeah, one of the things he's doing that, that works here is he has two long lines and then a short one. And that's one of those things that helps keep the melody interesting and lets it float over. He's, he's singing very long lines over the guitar, the rhythm guitar that he's doing, and that's another thing that works very well. Um, I didn't check to see where the phrases were beginning and ending, but if you take a look at it, I'm guessing he's starting on beat two. He's mm -hmm. not starting on beat Some one. Some of them definitely were. Yeah, it feels like it. Um, and that's another hallmark of today's folk, indie, and indie folk, Americana style that gives it a contemporary flavor. So lots of things are working here. Melody's working great. Um, the lyrics are beautiful. Um, instrumental arrangements, simple, but builds nicely all the way through. And the vocal performance is, is very moving, very authentic, incredible sounding. So it, as, a, as a listener, I'm drawn into the song and I feel like the, that, like the singer is speaking the truth. And that kind of credibility is essential when you're, when you're working in, whether it's film and TV and you're singing yourself, 
or you're pitching it out there and you're singing your own demo. You want it to sound credible. It's very relatable for an audience. The opening verse, drive, drive myself across the interstate tonight. Um, there's a hurricane blowing in my mind, so I just drive. This, the image of the hurricane blowing in my mind is a wonderful shorthand way of describing for the listener and letting us know and feel what the singer's feeling. Mm -hmm. Haven't you, you know, you've ever felt that you have, your mind is just whirling and things are twisted around and it's going too fast and, and you don't know where this is going to end and it could end in disaster. All of those are emotional associations with the word hurricane and a hurricane in your mind uh, is a very relatable thing. So I love the way it opens. He's driving, he's put us right in the middle of the situation. He doesn't say, well, we had a fight tonight and I right. have left in a huff. He starts you right in the middle of it, which is really important. Driving myself across the interstate tonight. That's an interesting line because it brings up a question for a lot of people, which is, isn't that too specific for a universal lyric, driving across the interstate tonight? Isn't that telling a story? Isn't that saying I met you at the bus station? Um, it's metaphorical. Saying I drive across the interstate, it's, interstate is almost like a code word for I've, I've driven a long way. I'm mm -hmm. outside of my comfort zone. I've left the place I'm usually in and I've driven far and I'm going far away from it. And so it gives you the sense of leaving, of leaving what's familiar and leaving what you know. And so interstate becomes a metaphor rather than, gee, I'm telling a story about how I just drove between, you know, Mississippi and wherever else is next door to Mississippi. Um, so that's that's a beautiful, strong opening, Jason. I absolutely love it. And then he goes right on to another strength. Hope, hope there's someone there when I get back home. Though tonight I may be better off alone, but I still hope. Beautiful, simple statement of what the singer is feeling. And sometimes you really need to mix things like, but I still hope, simple statements that are really effective. After you've said things like, I'm driving across an interstate, I've got a hurricane in my mind, I'm driving, you know, lots of other things, just come back to that statement, make a simple statement, and it's really moving for the listener, and it makes sure that they're with you, that they're feeling what you feel, because after you've given all these metaphors and images and stuff, you may want to just clarify for them, but I still hope. My one concern with this one is because you always feel like home, you always feel like home. For a payoff to these two just stunning, heartbreaking verses. I would really love to see something a little bit more original. You, and no, a little bit more, a little stronger. This is a pretty strong situation to be in. You always feel like home is a nice thing to say, but I'm not sure it's as strong a thing to say as what has led up to it. You could try changing that. This is that same issue that we have with, with cliches, is you say something that people have heard before or they've thought before, it's not really original enough or unusual enough or doesn't have enough emotional punch to really pay off these powerful verses. You always bring me home would be the would would answer that drive idea. You always bring me home. You always show me the way you always there there needs to be something there that I think is a little stronger than and, and probably a stronger action than feel like. You always, what is it that this person does that, that home is a great word. Home has got lots of emotional associations. And, and since you're driving away and coming, you know, home is a, the place you want to come back to, which is the theme throughout this song. Um, but what is it that person does? And how is that person related to home? You are my home. You they center build me. my home. Yeah. You, you know, you build my home. You, you know, what is it that person 
does, so that you have a payoff that is equal to the strength of your verses. I, I want to mention something really important that nobody in the industry talks about very much, and that is there's a list. Uh, I put together a list of nine keywords that I find frequently popping up until film and TV placements, and home was the most frequently used word. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you mm -hmm. on this. Yeah. I feel like yeah, home the, is fine. The, yeah. the rest of this is so incredibly good that you want that payoff to be like, holy crap. Yeah, it's like, a joke. it's like a joke with a weak punchline. And yeah, it's, and it's yeah, not people, weak. You know, it, just it's so not, we're, yeah. <laughs> but it's not as strong as the rest of the song. And when right. you're pitching out there against songs by singer-songwriters like Aaron Wright or, you know, uh, uh, Gregory Allen Iskoff and, and I mean, these amazing people, Nova Amor, um, you're out there pitching against them. Mm -hmm. And you can't have a payoff line that isn't as, as, that doesn't make people go, oh, oh, like that. Yes, I've, I've felt that or I want to feel that. That's the other thing. And it could be something idea. as simple as you make me feel like I've just come home or so, something. Mm -hmm. Like home, you're right. Mm -hmm. Like home is almost a throwaway, yeah. which I've got to say, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but the first time I put my arms around my wife and kissed her when she was when we were first met, I said, this feels like home. Mm -hmm. And so I understand the concept. People do. Yeah. Yeah. It's related. It's totally relatable. It's very universal. Just find a way yes. to make it 25%. The core idea of this song yeah. is totally universal. And you can start looking around. I mean, just start thinking about other ways to say what it is this person makes you feel. Um, and just make a list. Just list it and list it and list it. How, how is it? Did you really stop and think? This is the question. Okay. It's really stop, think, feel. What does this person really make you feel? And then find the words that describe that. Because this phrase, you always feel like home, is a side, you're sidestepping it. And I want you to say it. And say it in a way that makes me go, yes, that's, I've been there, I know that. There's an opportunity because it's yeah, there two, is an a, a two-line thing here. Yeah. And you could almost keep, you um, You always feel like home, but it's got to be the response to whatever that first line that's says. A good, I, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. You have a line there that you could you could change one of them. And keep I've the been other lost one. and wandering. Now yeah. I feel like I'm home or you're home or something. Something that that is the yin yin and yang of that. Well, the verses are the yin, and mm. the, that payoff is is the yang. But I think you have you do have room. That's a good point. You have room to mess about with that a little bit. So just sit there, and if you can't beat it, then don't. But try to beat it. See if you can beat it. Don't ever when you're rewriting. I always say, don't ever throw anything away until you beat it. And once you beat it, you go, oh, man, get rid of that old thing. I want this thing now. This is the best thing I ever wrote. Yeah. yeah, that's the key to rewriting happily. Well, that, great job, Jason. Beautiful, really, beautiful really, song. Really, really strong. Oh, I want to mention one thing about the bridge. So we'll take this little break. Uh, it was so, uh, that because there were vo voices overlapping voices, it's beautiful, but I couldn't follow what the lyrics were saying there, and I think it's important. We'll take this little break and try to figure out how the hearts decide. I'm not sure this is a little break. It doesn't sound like one. This sounds like a kind of scary break. When caught between the passion and the doubt, beautiful line, and the choice is ours, so we can build a wall or tear it down. I don't think that's what the song is about. Okay, so watch out because your bridge should always should should reveal what this what the heart the core of the song is. That's all. I wanted to be sure to touch that bridge because you did a you took a shot at it, and I think it's worth taking a little bit longer look at that. Outstanding. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, thank you for that. Um, great analysis as always. Now we're moving on to Why Should I Make History? Um, why, why Should I Make History? 
Is that what I said or no? Yeah. Okay, why should, why should I, I make, make history? history? <laughs> now let's all say it together. Why should I make history? Yeah. But, although um, that's in the lyric, I think. Um, uh, by Hunter, Hunter and Hunter. slash Turtle Hill Productions. Okay. Um, let's have a listen. Okay.
Well done, our hunter. Uh, great concept, great concept. The core idea here speaks to everybody, especially the baby boomers as we get older and we want to leave a legacy. And people think about it as, you know, as they get older. What have I done? What have I accomplished? And, and so it's a great core idea. It's, it's universal. It's relatable. Um, a lot of fun here and an excellent harmonica break. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, you or not, but it's really good. Man, I definitely noticed that. I love the groove. I love that it's got a kind of a, um, a swing to it that, that gives it a knowing feel, you know? Uh, and the character vocal, the vocal is a character vocal. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't even mind you going, taking that further. I don't know if that's you singing or not. Hamming it up a little more? Yeah. Uh, well, the character, it stops short of, of really getting inside the listener's mind and making you feel that feeling when you go, damn it, I, I worked hard all my life. I accomplished so much. I got grown kids. I put them through college. I did all this. This is worth something. It's more of a Tom Baudet story yeah, approach yeah, than it, it is. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He could go take it up another 20%. I think the vocal could definitely uh, get, get a little further out there in terms of acting. And so when I talk to people about vocals for film and TV especially, um, I suggest taking a few acting classes. Um, if not, then pick a reference artist that you think could do this well, Randy Newman, uh, maybe, <laughs> or somebody like that, and, and getting a little closer to uh, what those kinds of, those singers are capable of doing, because it is a character song. I want to point out an interesting delineation, because even though you've not said it, I'm guessing that you mean this song should be a featured song and not, a, I mean, yeah, you could have it ostensibly playing on a jukebox from across a, you know, a, a bar that's got peanuts on the floor. But this song is the kind of song that would be brought up, the chorus would get bumped up mm -hmm. for a feature. Mm -hmm. So that's why Robin is saying, because in a lot of cases you don't want the lyric or anything about the song to stick out too much because it's background, you don't want to compete with the scene. But in this case, it becomes a character because it's going to get yes. messed up. Yes, and there are scenes that would use a, a song like this yeah. a, at a certain life-changing moment. The character stops and takes a walk, and you know, there's a wonderful scene in Garden State, which is famous for its song use. That film from uh, 2004, and they're playing the only living boy in New York as the characters stand above a rubbish dump, throwing their stuff into it. <laughs> and that's the kind of use that you could get on a song like this, because even though it mentions specific things, it it runs through the gamut of things that people feel like. I, you know, this this isn't such a small thing. We treat it like it's a small thing, but it isn't a small thing. Now I want to talk about the chorus for a second. Because as Michael says, this is the kind of song where the chorus would really be brought up to, to sum, summarize what the characters in the scene are feeling and going through at this life moment. Why should I make history, um, just like we've seen in a couple, I think both the other songs, uh, there's a re repetition here. And yes, in film and TV songs, we, see, we do see a lot of repetition. But the repetition of those lines are very emotional lines that really sum up the whole song. This one, why should I make history? If that's the only line you hear, it, will, it won't stand alone. And so if they bring up the chorus and you haven't heard the verses that precede it, the line, why should I make history, right, may context. not, out, yeah. maybe out of context, and yeah, it will be out of context and people may not, it doesn't have emotional impact without it. You may want to take a look at the second line of the chorus. Why should I make history? I'm, not these words, but in so many words, my life is important just the you know i am just who i want to be and my life is what i want it to be and it is important and 
what more can I do, who else can I be, is not saying what I think you want to say. So again, just like we looked at in the last song, take some time to sit down and really think about your core idea. I'm, I'm using this phrase these days, core idea, instead of theme or instead of um, uh, a couple of other a concept. Your core idea is, is the idea that everything in the song comes back to. It should be just one, you should be able to do it in one sentence and sum up um, you know, your core idea, which has, is an emotional idea. What is it that the singer is feeling? Is it frustrating to feel like people don't really get how important life is? Or is it um, kind of, you know, just a quirky? Or does he not get it? Or is he, in other words, we know where the song is going. The first time that you say, but that don't make history, we, know, we saw it. I, I sat in my house, it's a warm and light, I got a lot of stuff, I got things to do, I got people to see, but that don't make history. We got it. Already, the listeners got it. Now here's the problem with repeated choruses, especially choruses that have a lot of internal repetition. It gets repeated a lot. And each time we hear that chorus, it needs to mean more to us and move us emotionally more than it did before, because we understand more. So the difficulty with a song like this, the challenge is, and you're doing, you're handling a challenge in the verses. The second verse ups the ante. You can work all your life. You'll do all right. Your kids go to school, you sleep at night, you make your choices. The second verse has lifted this up to the next level and says, um, but that, that, won't, that won't make history. We all want to write our names in fire on the sky. Now we really see what the, what the singer is singing about. Mm -hmm. But the payoff, the chorus, is just telling us what we already know. And so what you want to do is have the chorus evoke for us either the frustration or the, that neediness that we all have, um, the kind of, it's a funny thing about human nature that we, we really want to leave a legacy and we don't feel we are even though we're doing it. Is he, I think he's saying he's comfortable just being a regular old guy loving the simple or appreciating the simple okay. things in life. Maybe that's I, what goes I, in the chorus. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting a completely different read on yeah. it and I agree with so much of what you're saying but I, I've been sitting here studying this for five minutes. I'm going, the point is why should I make history when my life has been good as it is? But again, I totally agree with you. There's always a way to, to make the chorus, the chorus bigger. Yeah. We shouldn't have two listeners who are interpreting the song differently. so differently when it's this type of song. So, right. I mean, there are songs that everybody goes, what's that mean? But this one should be, I should know in the chorus, you should make me feel it. You should. You can do what you want. Um, it would be great if in the chorus you made me feel that, yeah, my life really is important. I really am making history in these little things that I do every day to make the world a better place. Without that, now you get to it in the verse, later verse in the song, but that makes the chorus just a placeholder. The chorus does, isn't fulfilling the function of making the listener feel what the heart and soul is of what you're saying. There's small things in life that mean more even than writing your name in fire across the sky, watching your kids grow. How would one of your favorite songwriters handle that chorus? What would they say in that chorus? What would, what would it be in the chorus that would make me feel that, yeah, I am contributing? You don't have to wait until the end of the song to reveal that because everybody knows where you're going. And if every time, every verse you go through, you say, I know we all want to write our names in, in fire on the sky. We want someone to know we lived and we died. We want that. 
And when you get to the course, you say, but, you know, why should I make history? I'm already, you know, every little thing I do is, is changing life even if I don't know in what great ways those changes will be manifested. I mean, maybe that's it. I don't even know how, how, but there has to be something in that course so it's not just a placeholder. Yeah, I'm toggling between, you know, why do I need to make history? My life has been fine as it is, or how could I make history? It's like I've well, done all these the things. The song says you are making history. The yeah. song later on says, uh, we call the kids, we live our lives in the land of the free, and that's some kind of history. What kind is it? I have to know from the chorus when you get there that, oh, that's history. The best kind. Yeah. And that's why history is important. That's why we all want to make it. And, you know, so that's the challenge here. And that's the challenge of all lyrics is what do you say in your chorus that sums up your core idea and makes the listener feel and understand and relate to what you're saying. So I would take a look at that chorus because you have a lot going on here that's really, really good. It's a great track. Um, and then I would look at uh, pushing the, uh, take a look at some of the singers that you think might sing this song, whether it's Tom Waits or that's uh, Randy Newman or that's uh, you know whoever you think might sing this song. Jimmy, or it's a Jimmy Buffett artist. would be great. Or Jimmy Buffett or a Tom Chapin or a, you know if you're still alive, um, or a country <laughs> or a country artist. Now if you get Tom Chapin to sing, sing that, that that'd be something. <laughs> that, that will be a hit. Um, <laughs> Guaranteed. Uh, but, oh, no, Who's Tom Chapin's still around. He's still around. Oh, no, oh, Harry's Harry dead. Chapin, yeah. That's right. Okay, that's if you get Harry, Harry to Chapin. sing it. Sorry, Tom. We send our condolences yeah. even though you're not gone. Uh, okay. we got to move on yeah. uh, because one thing, the sun is melting me. It's that, oh. that time of year where the sun comes through the little things in the blind, whether I like it or not. And don't forget, I've got to go with my wife to something at 525. So we're moving on. This one's called Thinking Out Loud by Josh West and Glenn West. You know, I want to comment and make one quick comment I'm really proud of our members that yeah. uh, when you watch the Grammys you watch or go to the ASCAP Awards or BMI Awards every time they give out an award there's like 13 writers that come up on stage um, and, and you guys are doing it with one or two and I'm really proud that you've gotten stuff this right which is one or two people mm -hmm. I don't think you need 13 people absolutely anyway absolutely. Um, okay thinking out loud by Josh and Glenn West hit it please Bria
beautiful. I love that vocal. I love the singer on this. Um, really beautiful. A lovely kind of Beatlesque style track um, that really underscores the idea beautifully. I want to go to a simpler time and and leave this, you know, a beautiful description in the verses of what's happening and what the singer, the situation the singer finds himself in. I, I woke today to the headline, the world's on fire, all's not fine. And the melody underscores that all's not fine. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And and the, the vocal performance itself has a yearning quality about it that's very moving. Pre-chorus, take me to a simpler time when I could find the reason in rhyme. Um, I would see if you could find something a little more a, a fresh, fresher for uh, to replace reason and rhyme, take me back to a simpler time. But it's okay, it's okay. Um, my concern is again that kind of the chorus seems to be where it's it's difficult. Um, I see what the thinking is behind the chorus lyric. I understand why you did what you did. Four leaf clovers picked from the yard, make a wish on a falling star. This idea of going back to childhood, back to a simpler time. And these are beautiful. Um, images of a simpler time. I was just thinking out loud, it's beautiful, is a, is a, you know, musing on and, and making myself feel that simpler time uh, is lovely. Um, but I noticed that after the first time I heard the chorus, it, 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 there was no growth there. I heard the chorus again, and then I heard the chorus again. And the great challenge of writing repeated choruses, as I was talking about earlier, is that every time they hear the chorus, it should evoke an emotion, and the listeners should be made to feel more, more depth, more understanding um, of the chorus each time it comes around again. Otherwise, the chorus is just a repeated section of a song. You and I both made the same note. Did we? We both had the word verse. That sounds like a verse lyric. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. It does. A four-leaf clover is picked from the yard. More examples, and you have these wonderful examples in the verses already. Um, ah, took a tumble off the wall. The second verse is stunning. Took a tumble off the wall, cracked and broken from the fall. Is our heart still beating? Stumble down the rabbit hole, falling forward. Absolutely beautiful. The chorus melody and phrase lengths are also very similar to the <laughs> verses. Now, you can get away with that sometimes if the if the arrangement is giving you enough of a boost in the chorus. Which it didn't. It stayed it's pretty linear. Yeah, it kind of did. And so that's the issue here. The chorus, you may want to, instead of thinking out loud, which is a beautiful idea, and Ed Sheeran uh, unfortunately used it already. Um, Ed who? <laughs> um, it's a beautiful idea, but you could put that into a verse and give the chorus the kind of yearning emotion that we feel towards. Why, do we, why are we so desperate when times get this bad, uh, or even not this bad, why are we desperate to to go back to simpler times? What is it? What's the emotion? What's the yearning feel like? What does it feel like to miss that? To be to have lost it? Um, I love the idea. It's very muted. It, it's the thinking out loud. I'm just musing on this. So mm -hmm. I'm just thinking out loud. It's very restrained. It's very British. And <laughs> um, but I think that. You could go. You could take that chorus and try a rewrite that gives it more contrast melodically and more contrast 
also lyrically, while maintaining this idea of yearning and need for the simplicity that's at the core of peace and happiness. Sit with that for a while and just feel it and start making short phrases, writing down lists of short phrases of images and thoughts and emotions that come to you when you say what you really want to say. And then see if there aren't a few there and just give it a shot. See if you feel like you want to try rewriting this chorus because there's so much here that's absolutely stunning. Hey, very deftly, it's almost a song in and of itself, the chorus. Uh, mm -hmm. Make a wish upon a falling star, then throw a penny in a wishing well. Um, cross your fingers, it's hard to tell. So all three of those things are relatable, but it almost feels, that I get how it ties into the song, but you're right, the chorus just doesn't bring it home, and, and the verses are so incredibly good that is, I, I think Gorgeous. the chorus is good, but it's not good for it's this verse song. Good. It's verse yeah. good, but it, as a chorus, it, it lets doesn't let the listener have that moment of feeling what you want that yearning and what you want them to feel mm -hmm. because that's what will make this song come to life all those things that we deal with every day in the insanity of our world and uh, you know take me back to a simpler time make me feel it then every time the chorus comes around I'll want to feel that again because I want to feel that every listener wants to feel that uh, is is there any problem with the universal lyric aspect of it? Because we've basically given an overall critique, but we're, but the show is about universal lyrics. Is there anything in here that would quote unquote disqualify this um, from being? Well, it never it doesn't have the kind of chorus that a song for film and TV needs to have, um, because if you brought up the chorus, imagine bringing up the chorus in a scene like yeah. you were talking about earlier. Four Leaf Clover's Picked from the Yard is the first thing the listener would hear or the viewer would, would hear. And they don't have what comes before it to tell you what it is, that the, what emotion it is that the, that right. the characters You'd meant be better to off feel. playing the verse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to discuss something I've actually been uh, kind of dying to talk to you about privately, but we might as well do it with our oh, friends here. Oh, that's got to be private. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh -oh. Have you noticed that in maybe 15% of listings, we're now taking out um, the universal lyric requirement? And the reason that I'm doing it is we're starting to discern which listings are for background source. Oh, even, even though good. we may not mention that in the listing, sometimes we'll say we're pretty sure this is going to be used for background source. And we'll even go as far as saying, so the universal lyric aspect may not be so important, but if you've got it, great. That gives it, for a library type listing, the universal lyric just makes it more, uh, the song more sellable for Exactly, the library. and libraries want that. Right. So I'm really glad you brought it up because I was just thinking about this the other day too. Um, background source music is actually, editors are getting really clever with background source music. And they're starting to use source music that actually does relate to the scene and does have choruses um, that are universal. And since we're hearing more and more songs for, for radio that have universal lyrics, like, you know, even in country, Body Like a Back Road, that's a universal lyric. Um, and, uh, you know, some of them are still more specific, but plenty of them aren't. I mean, when you listen to The Fray or you listen to some of these big bands, they're, they're writing songs that could be used anywhere yeah. as source music or as background music and I started noticing this a little while ago I was watching a film called 21 
and it was about some some MIT kids who were going to try to take on Las Vegas. Mm, and they are in a bar before they head off to Vegas for the first time, and they have no idea what they're walking into. Mm -hmm. the, the mob, the <laughs> mob violence, the, no idea whatsoever. And they're in this bar and they're down the street from MIT, you know. So they're listening to the kind of thing that college students would be listening to, which in this case was Weezer, mm -hmm. a song by Weezer, and it's called Everybody Get Dangerous. And the chorus is just everybody get dangerous, everybody get dangerous. And you can, you can hear when you start paying attention, the engineer dropping that line in between dialogue lines so that you hear it over and over, everybody get dangerous, everybody get dangerous. It's wonderful. And that was the first time that I noticed, and I'm noticing it more now in television also. If they have an opportunity to do it, they'll do it. Yeah. That source music will relate to the scene and that the chorus will be those kinds of emotionally, emotional statements, evocative statements, and they'll have more repetition than a normal um, uh, hit song for radio would have. I've asked that question on stage at the Road Rally. Given uh, working on a source placement, source means coming from a source, car radio speaker, jukebox. Yoga class. Um, yeah, any, any source that you would imagine is in the room with the actors is source music. Very often, it sounds like it's muffled, it's 50 feet away. It really adds to the, pardon the expression, shit kicker aspect of a, of a roadhouse bar. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the lyric isn't all that important, but I asked, I think it was Frank Palazzolo, I said, looking for source, given the opportunity he to would. put something in that would have a universal lyric or not. He said, you always go with the universal lyric because you never know when you want to goose it. But we do, I see a lot of stuff being used as source where I'll be sitting on the couch with my wife going, the lyric is insignificant here. Yes. So yes. we're yeah. trying to give our members more of a hint. When we run a listing where we know the listing is, or the lyric is going to be insignificant, we try and drop some breadcrumbs to lead them to that conclusion. Yeah. And we'll say that it's not as important. Yeah. yeah. They've definitely picked up on that. And they, they aren't letting anything, they're not wasting any time and they're, they're using source music now to speak to the scene as well, as much as they can. I'm sure there's plenty of times when they don't do that, but... I'm um, still trying I've to understand, um, Frank kept using the word scorse. Yeah. And, and another um, music soup friend of mine uses the word scorse a lot. And honestly, I'm... I'm For song score? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty tuned into this whole thing. I'm, you know, I'm a little more well-educated than the average person on the street. I have a really hard time when I'm watching a show going, was that... As source or scores? Because there, it's really, uh, I think I played a scene from Nashville at one of the road rallies where these uh, two gals are riding in a car and the, off of the radio is coming this song, Gasoline and Matches, mm -hmm. which is just perfect for the two characters. And then as the, as, the song, as the scene progresses, they start singing along with the song coming from the radio. So it's definitely in, their, in, the, in the world of the characters, which is the definition of source music. It's in the world of the characters. And then it continues to play underneath the next scene. So then it becomes song score underneath the next scene because the radio is gone, the right. car is gone. Right. And I've seen that now happen several times. So when Frank Palazzolo says, you just never know what's going to happen, you don't. Because the director may go, you know what, I want that song to keep playing right through into the next scene. By the way, guess who I met in Hawaii? Chris Moller. Oh, did you? He's yeah. wonderful. He's one of my, he's one of the best music directors, and he's his own editor a lot of times. Yeah. He edits the song before he plays it for the director because he says, "So how can the director know what the song, how the song is going to work if, if I'm not it, editing yeah. it?" So he does the editing before the music editor ever does it. And I've seen him use one song right straight through three scenes, mm -hmm. and he's cut it so that it works right through all three scenes. It's just amazing. He's I really remember good. I called Frankie Pine 
on her cell phone on a Sunday night at either 10 or 11 p.m. She's great. Yeah. Just left her a voicemail because it was an episode of Newsroom where one song played across three storylines so and, and five different cuts, and, and it ran for like four and a half minutes, which oh was God. longer than the song was, and it worked on every scene, every bit of the storyline progression, everything. Yeah. And the hair in my arm stood up, and I just called her and left a voicemail saying, that was the best craft I've ever seen from a music super You know, you're TV really drum. into film and TV music when the hair on your arm stands up because you saw Because of the craft. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy does that quite a bit, and it's really interesting to watch it. Uh, when a when a music supervisor pulls that off, you know that they went out and had some birthday cake that night. They, yeah. It's not just about picking music because it's cool or they no, like it. They, They're employing a craft that, that I believe that the really good music soups have the kind of craft that Nashville songwriters have. Yeah, it, it's a craft. Yes, and they also want to fall. And by the way, they want to fall in love with the songs they use. Um, and so that's why your song has to be good from start to finish. And you folks, so far, you are really doing it. I know I'm being hard on you, and I'm really sorry. And I apologize, and I hope you're okay with it. Jeez, because these are really, really good songs. Okay, Okay. let's move on. This one's called Escape Tonight. I don't know whose song this it's is. It's Braden Wood. Braden Wood? Yeah, I think it's that's it on there. Oh, and this one does. Uh, yep, Braden Wood. That's hard to do, because the wood's kind of stiff, and it crumbles. But a boom. <laughs> Years went by, 
It's got a good catchy chorus. You're switching between the. I, I, as I'm following the lyric, I can see what you're doing. We're just switching from. I just want to. Uh, even if I'm not your girl, is the second chorus, and and it's uh, parallel to even if I'm not your guy. You, because what you're saying in the song is days went by, then we went out again, and you turned to me and you said, well, I just want to say that I love you even if I'm not your girl. If if the listener doesn't hear the verse that comes before that and understand that that's talking, and they just hear that verse, it's going to sound a little odd to them. I, I'm guilty of that. I was daydreaming I about something, and mm-hmm. I went, whoa, what I was that? Do it. Um, and, so, and that happens all the time in film and TV, so you can't do it. What you can do is make this a duet and have the girl come in singing, well, days went by without words, and we both knew we were hurt, and then you called me one night, and um, I told you not to leave, and I told you that you're all that I need you that I and she can take the second verse. She doesn't you don't even have to change the pronouns. You told me not to leave, you told me that I was all that you need. Is you it to too leave. hard to get it synced if you've done a duet? It's harder. Um, yeah, it's harder. Okay. But it's not it's not too hard and it would work. The other thing to do now here's the thing. The essential issue though is not that with this song. There's it's I love the energy and I really want to stress that. And the catchy melody, you've got an excellent melody on this thing with a good payoff in the chorus. A lot, is, and the vocal is good, um, production's good, the, and a lot is right with this. Um, the issues, and it took me a long time before I finally figured out that universal lyrics almost always take place in the present. And the reason is because as soon as you go back to the past, you're telling a story. Right. History is a story. And so this has quite a lengthy story in it. You, and it's a confusing story. We were one step away, we were set to escape, set to never come back. And I'm not sure where they were escaping to, but that's okay. So close to our big break, so close I couldn't wait, I thought we were on track. Now, up to this point, it's still very kind of vague what the situation is. But then you came home and said, we're done, my world just fell apart, but we don't know why she said that, but that's okay, she comes in and breaks it off. Here's the thing, by telling a story, this takes it out of the realm of being universal. You have just told us an entire storyline that the script would tell us. Right. And so you really can't go there for a universal lyric that's emotion-driven, that would get used in film and television. This, this type of song, being teen and tween, like this, the only radio station that would play it would, like, say, be Disney Radio or Nickelodeon or something like that. So it can't be a radio. It's not really a radio hit. But it isn't film and TV either, so you're caught in between. And I think your best bet is to take a look at um, 
your chorus is real strong. Well, in the present tense, I just want to say that I love you, even if I'm not your guy. But if you change your mind and decide that you want to, we can still escape tonight. Just use that as the core of your song. Now, and then go back to your verses and figure out how you rewrite these to drop the listener into the middle of this moment in which he is saying, I just want to say that I love you. I know that we've had, you know, we've been around about this before. Um, and I know that I love you and, I, and I'm sure that you love me because I can tell every time you look in my eyes. And in other words, keep it in the peak moment in the current situation. And the, the history of it will become apparent. There's a wonderful song by uh, Taylor Swift called Style. Um, and she opens it with headlights in the driveway. You're coming to pick me up. We're going to go. Oh, no headlights in the driveway. You come pick me up. We go drive tonight. That's the present moment. When she gets to the, to the pre-chorus, the only thing she says is, we've been round and round through this before, and I always know how it turns out. That's the backstory. Mm -hmm. And then she goes right into the chorus, which is a description of these two incredibly physically attractive people and how it's irresistible, and they're going to go around and around about it again. You know they are. That's all you need to know of the backstory is, what is it now? What's happening now? What do I feel now? And then it, you can just throw it in in a couple of lines. Um, I talk about this a lot lately. I'm going to be talking about it at the Road Rally also. And I've just done some new lyric online course stuff that I'm talking about it all the time. Because, in fact, film, uh, radio hits now are mostly taking place in the present time. And you, I use body like a back road because it's so interesting that country is now doing this as mm -hmm. well. There's no storyline there. It doesn't mean that all country songs are doing that. But he doesn't have to tell you about the history of it. He's telling you what he feels right now. Um, and that's where the listener wants to be. They want to be feeling this with the singer right now. So put us in the situation facing her right now and saying, I know we've had our troubles. I know we've gone round and round about this before. But this time, I just want to take you away and get you out of this place. And you and I can make our lives together. And this is what we're going to do. Just keep it right there with what he wants, what he needs, and what he wants to tell her. Then when you get to the chorus, I just want to say that I love you. That's the present tense. You're fine. The chorus is good and strong for this song. So take a look at those verses and see if you can get yourself out of history mode and into the conversation that he's actually having with her. That's right worth now. repeating again. Get yourself out of history mode. Part of that history is we sped down 75. It's, I mean, we were talking uh, highway or freeway before and going, that was, was metaphoric. Right. Um, almost dangerous, but still we got the metaphor. We sped down 75. It, it takes it too far. You can even go, you could probably get away with, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you could probably get away with, and we're speeding down 75. Because 75 just says 75, but we're, we're going at, we're going 75. I mean, you, you can, there's lots of ways. I to think he's talking about 75, the freeway. I think he is too. Yeah. Um, in the past tense, but what, you could, Georgia, Florida, somewhere down there. You could put it in the present tense and make it the speed they're going. I mean, there's lots you could do with this rewrite. And I think this song is worth rewriting because it's so catchy. And it's the kind of thing that you could use in an ABC family show in which, you know, a guy just really wants to take her away from all this. Let's run away. I've got to tell you, I came that close to having the head music supervisor for Freeform. Oh, really? Uh, which was ABC Family. Uh, is that Wendy Levy? No. No, um, Trisha Holloway. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's really uh, good. Holloran, yeah. Uh, no, that's Trish Holloran. This oh, is it's... Trisha Holloway. Oh, it's just another one. Yeah, oh. it is another one. <laughs> and um, 
she wanted to do the rally, but there was something else going on in her life. She oh, said, I'm sorry. not sure if I'd get yeah. there in time. Because they carpet we'll, bomb those shows with music. Yeah, we'll, we'll get her. Yeah. We promise Good. we'll get her. Well done. This is worth working on. Okay, one last one. We've got 10 minutes. Uh, I'm not going to love anymore. And this is by Marion Laird. You've got it, Marion. This is your moment. Oh, 
good. Well done. Well done. Um, I have a question before I launch into this, which is, who co-starred, who was the female singer who co-starred in Greece? Uh, With the dark hair? Yeah. Come on, guys. Come oh, on. she's famous. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Australian, who yeah. Who, is, who co-starred in, uh, the, the gal who co-starred in Greece? Come on, guys. You can answer that. Olivia newton Oh, thank you. Oh, co-star. I thought you meant the, the girl with the dark hair that was her best friend. Ratso, uh, Rizzo, Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was Ratso, Rizzo in, in a different movie. I definitely want to talk to you about this, Marion. This is a song, the reason I asked, I had a reason for asking about that. Um, this type of song could have been a hit in, in the 1970s, uh, the kind of song that Olivia Newton-John would have covered. Um, there's a lot here. Um, it's a catchy melody. It's very sweet. It's got a uh, focus on a central idea. Um, that's the kind of thing that, you know, uh, uh, this type of female singer used to sing about. It's changed over time. And that's the challenge for someone who can write well, but is writing in a period style that just isn't contemporary enough to interest current uh, film and TV or radio. There, I did notice, because I've been, uh, you know, I always am cruising looking for film and TV songs. There are a lot of film and TV shows using um, 70s songs right now. Um, this Is Us and I think How to Get Away with Murder. and I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. I kept looking at TuneFind and I kept finding 70s and 80s songs. But they're using the real deal because they can get them fairly cheaply. So um, it's difficult to say, well, I could write it. I could make this Olivia Newton-John type song and see if I could pitch it because they have access to those songs. They have the budget for those songs. One of the things I see here is at least four good songs. You've got a, a very involved situation. And for example, if you ever change your mind, let me know, but you may find I'm not going to love anymore. That's a whole song right there. That's your bridge and the first line of your last chorus. That's a whole song. Um, other sections where she says, um, well, now that it's over, I'm picking up pieces of my shattered dreams and desires. That's a whole song now. So what we're doing is, as I was talking about with the previous song, we're staying in, this, in the moment and going deeper into the moment rather than telling th something that happens over time and, and saying to somebody, well, now that it's over, I'm picking up pieces. Um, when in the previous part of that verse, I never thought I'd fall in love in the first place is another song. That's a whole song in and of itself. And the minute you bring that up, the minute you say, I never thought I'd love in the first place, the listener gets curious. Why did? Why was that? Why didn't you think you'd fall in love in the first place? Um, I didn't think I was the kind. What kind? There's a huge in, uh, storyline there of, well, what kind was that? And why didn't you think you'd fall in love? There's a story there. So you don't need to go back there in order to start your song. The moment, you'll have to decide which moment, which peak moment you actually want to address here, which is you're talking to this person. You don't have to tell him the whole backstory because obviously, I mean, he knows the backstory. What you want to do is take that moment to reveal the singer's feelings to the other person in a way that we get interested in as listeners. We're always like voyeurs in every song. We're listening in and seeing how this works out between these two people. So you might say to that person, you know, um, 
You came along with your kindness and your sweet face. That's another song, by the way. Um, I must have been out of my mind. Those two lines right there, I mean, that's an entire situation. What, what was it that went on that makes her think she was out of her mind? What did he do? She can stand right there and say to him in the present tense, when you did this and this and that, I realized I was in love with the, your sweet face, but underneath it, you weren't, you, you weren't so sweet. Boom, right there. That's an entire song. So you want to give us examples of what is meant here, examples of what this person, what you might do or did do or, or are doing. Um, I'm not explaining that very well. I'm sorry. Um, probably examples would not be the best way to, to approach this one. What is it that happened that made you a, a person who's skittish about love in the first place, you the singer, who's skittish about love in the first place, fall for this person? And, and what did that feel like? And then there's probably a separate song that says, uh, you know, when I, when I overcame my objections, uh, I had to overcome some objections in order to trust you. Now that I trusted you, um, I found out that I can't trust you. I mean, it's this is this is a complicated situation, and you need to pick your moments. Mm -hmm. So pick. You've got like five peak moments here. Pick, you know, pick one. Put yourself in the situation, and as I've said to other people, imagine yourself in the situation. Put yourself in it. What does it feel like? What do you see? What objects? What things are important. What do you hear? What do you? What emotions are you going through? What effect are those emotions having on your body? Does it make you want to run away? Does it make you want to stay and shout? Does it make you want to whisper? Does it make you want to hold the other person? What does it make your body need to do in that moment? And that's an entire song. That's contemporary lyric writing for film and television, for radio, for whatever you're doing. Take your time and go deeper. We didn't used to do that. It took the revolution of a right. Joni Mitchell beginning to, to, to go deeper and people saying, don't release that album because it's too personal. That was what they said about Blue. They said, don't release that album. It's way too personal. But we began to do it. And this is the style now that singer-songwriter style has moved into just about everything we do. And I've noticed that it's very rare now that you hear history in, in even radio hits. Forget film and TV. We just don't go to history. Um, lots of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to love anymore. You've got strong individual lines here. These fickle emotions. We don't really use the word fickle too much. You're probably filling a syllable. You needed a double syllable. That sings really well. But beware, beware when you uh, start using a word like fickle. Tell us what does that mean? What kind of emotion is a fickle emotion, and what is it, what's wrong with it, and how does it make you feel, and why don't you want fickle emotions? You have to ask yourself more questions, which we didn't ask back in the 70s when we were writing uh, love ballads. We didn't ask those questions. Uh, everything was more abstract and... You could get away with making statements, and people believed you. People don't believe you anymore. There's a real credibility gap here with listeners. You have to make them believe you by making them feel what you feel. And the minute they start feeling what you feel, you're, you're home free. They, they're your best friend. That's listeners. That's the, one of the great tricks of getting listeners involved. 
if you are coming to the road rally, you're speaking at 11 o'clock on, on Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. um, we will sell the book there, but for those of you who aren't coming, order this book. If you, you can see the detail, the craft, and what Robin's talking about. It's in this book. It's, and it's not, it's not in any about. other book. I mean, even if there were other books, they couldn't possibly be this good. <laughs> I'm surprised there aren't, but there aren't. So Because uh, yeah. nobody else understands it like you do. Nobody else would be crazy enough to spend a year analyzing the difference between songwriting for film and TV and songwriting, period. See, which you figured first... it out. Yeah, well, I, I figured it out crazy. a lot. I was there for the whole thing. Um, you know, a lot of people think, well, just if I've got songcraft, that's enough. It's not enough. This is a different kind of right. songcraft. That's so. right. It's emotion and song. It's songcraft with emotion. It's songcraft at the service of emotion. Always at the service of emotion. Go deep into your what you're writing about. Feel it. Get the listener to feel it. Um, outstanding. And thank you. I want to thank you all again for letting me do this to your songs. I really appreciate it. Takes it. courage. It does. It really does. I know. I know how it hurts. I know how it feels. So I appreciate it. And the songs today were spectacular. Yeah. Really spectacular. So thank you again for letting me just nitpick you to death. <laughs> I hope well, it was worth it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here as always. It's my pleasure. Uh, you bring something to the show that nobody else does and, and very much appreciated. So be at the Road Rally. It's coming up November 2nd through the 5th. We're like 10 days away from the Road Rally. If you're watching the show, the archive, go to the website, taxi.com, click on free convention. Um, it's an astonishing event. I'm a little biased because I kind of own the company, but you know what? People write letters that bring tears to my eyes after the road rally. So there you go. Come to the road rally. There is no Taxi TV next week because we will be in, holy crap, the road rally is coming in a few days, panic mode. So we will see you guys um, the Monday, November 6th after the road rally with our very own uh, Marcus, <clears throat> getting a tickle in my throat, with Marcus Cohn and <coughs> Sherry Milano. That's Sherry Milano I, 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 and Marcus Cohn. And come and see me at the World Rally. I'll be at my booth the whole time. Come and see me. And I think I'm going to be doing some uh, lyric critiques real quick ones at the, at the booth. Yeah. So come and no. see me. I bring a lyric critique. <laughs> I'm dying. I've never died on the show. <clears throat> Turning red. Bye, you guys. See you in two weeks. There it is. <laughs>